You're listening to How Do You Decide with Megan Stafford, a podcast that explores how the decisions we make shape us, the crossroads, the difficult choices, and how sometimes the smallest decisions can have the biggest impact. Join me as I meet everyday Aussies and find out about their lives, the decisions that changed them, and how they coped along the way. This week on the podcast... And they said, oh, you're going to have a ride on the camel. And I said, I'm going too. And he looked at me and he said, um, how old are you? And I said, 89. I said, I can ride a horse. That's Beryl Connolly. And you'd be hard-pressed to find something that Beryl can't do. She went on her first domestic flight in her 70s, made her first trip overseas in her 80s, and yes, she rode that camel at age 89 in the deserts of Dubai. Beryl is now 94 and lives on a sugarcane farm south of Mackay. You might not be expecting it from a nonagenarian, but this episode is filled with energy. She's feisty and she's a force to be reckoned with. We cover everything from Beryl working in Rockhampton during World War II, getting fired, women's place in the workplace and home, and the surprising choice she had to make between two men. I met Beryl through her granddaughter Jo, who joined us for the conversation. Jo is the mystery third voice you'll hear from time to time. I can't wait for you to meet Beryl Connolly. Well, I was born in Rocky, grew up in Comet and um, went to school there, for, for primary school. Then I went to boarding school in 1941. In Rockhampton? No, at uh, Yippoon. And then the war came, the... Americans came out and it wasn't safe for us at Japan, so we were transferred out to Barkum. After a little while, I got a job with an electrician until I got the sack. <laughs> what did you do to get the sack? <laughs> Ask for an extra. Well, I actually, I, I'd been there 18 months and I went home for holidays and we used to get two weeks a year, I think. And anyway, for some reason, I wanted an extra week. So I wrote down and asked for it. Got a telegram back, your services are no longer required. <laughs> they had taken in a new partner. And one of his mates, the daughter of one of his mates, wanted a job. So I got the sack. It was the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> did you feel when you got that letter, though, did it feel like the best thing or you didn't care? Well, I mean, I was only, I had to get on the train. They still owed me wages. I had to get on the train and go down myself and face them. And were you 18, 19? Um, or, or younger? Yeah, no, I would have been about 19. I, I never work it out. I've got to sit down and work it out. Yeah, so anyway, there was a job came up at the hospital. So I applied for it. I think there were 26 applicants, and me with my sacking, I got the job, <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. What was that doing? Um, well, I was in the admissions office, we used to, and we always had all the inpatient records there, and uh, when the patients came out of hospital, they'd come down and bring their charts with them, or the nurses would. We'd keep them and we'd sign them out. They had to be filed away. Anyway, they decided 
that um, this was after the war, so it'd be about from 45 the war finished, so I'd probably be about 19 or so. And um, I was secretary for the superintendent. I did all the doctors, you know, writings and things like that, and matrons. And eventually they decided that they wanted all the records from the hospital up in the one area. They built me a little office and there were records in the death property office and others down the lift, not going back into the 1800s this was. You can imagine what they were like down the lift. But we got them all up there and then they were classified them. So I had to go through all these records with the diseases, you know, and classify them. I had a list, I didn't do my own. <laughs> it was done in the jury system. And so it was awfully interesting, you know, I just loved it. And then the doctor, he went into private practice downtown and asked me to go with him as his nurse. <laughs> and this was only about 12 months before I got married. And I said, no, it was, you know, it was silly. But anyway. What then, do you mean by that, that it was silly? Well, go? I mean, well, I couldn't keep working because yeah. I was coming up here. And um, so... Um, he introduced me to his wife. Mm. They lived in the school uh, hospital grounds and she yeah. came and asked me, would I please go? We need you. So, so I became a surgery nurse then. <laughs> Had a quick session with the tutor sister. <laughs> and uh, so I, I really loved that, you know. It was yeah. just wonderful. So <laughs> one day... There was a patient was having an injection. The doctor just handed me the needle. I've never been given an injection in my <laughs> life. And I mean, I couldn't say anything because the patient was there to do an experiment. <laughs> but that was so that, you know, he'd be, have to do rounds or be called into the hospital or something or other. And... Uh, Back in those days, for um, penicillin was the the uh, uh, antibiotic sort of thing, and um, it it had to be an injection every day. So you know it was more it was better if I could do it. But so did was, you did you do it? Did you stick yeah. the, the patient? Well, I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> this. This is the side. I mean, as that's what I said. I'll just wander. One of the boys at our tennis club had some boils. The hair in the back of his neck had boils, and he was coming up. And one day, I hit him, hit the bone with the needle. That, <laughs> that hurts <laughs> because you just had to go like that with with yeah. them. It wasn't just a gentle thing. So, so yes, but no, that's. <laughs> That was lovely. So um, I'm just going to backtrack a little bit for a second. When you went out to Bar Calden for during the war, what was that like? Oh, well, I mean, we just took things for granted. It was okay. Where were you? Were you put up in like a pub or oh, no. the race course? Well, Richmond, cause, because, you know, no. I came from Richmond. That's oh, where the just girls tell were. You. Now, it was a Church of England school. The church was there, 
they had a um, it was a big building there. Well, that was where we used to do our prep and things like that. And about that block over, I think there was a Presbyterian church. Um, here's, here's where we were. Down this, we go down this street here, and at the end of the block there, well, the Catholic church was there. There was another big building, and that was our dormitory. So we used to have to walk there. It was about a block and a half or so. It's nothing like that anymore. We went out there once, but as it was just a sort of a, a whole church block around there. I think the Methodist Church or somewhere, I just can't remember. Might have, that might have been the one that was just in the school. We, um, we had a girl there. She was, I don't know whether you could call her really clever, but she was in my class. And there was Irene, Hazel and Albert. They each took 10 subjects for junior. They all got an A for them. But Irene, she had plaits and she'd get fuzzy or something and she'd like this, pull them or bang her head on the desk. And one day the girls got her, took her over to this church. There was a, a bath there, I can remember. And they put her in there and turned the shower on to help clear her mind. I, I wasn't involved, but I saw it. But um, I was never into anything. I just Untoward. Uh, no, to, to, not a Connolly. No, I'd never, I, well, you weren't a Connolly no, by that then. No, but I, I mean, as. I'd have been too shy. I wouldn't believe it. I'm not shy now, but I used to be there, you know. So, so uh, yeah. And were there many girls, like um, under a hundred, more than a hundred? Oh yes, yes. That's about might be less. And also, because of war, a lot of those girls from out around there used to go away to other boarding schools all around the state, mm. Townsville, Brisbane, and that. But because the school was there, they then came to St Faith's. I think there were about nine different schools there. We all wore our own uniforms. And uh, Was there competition between the schools no, or anything? Not, no, no. I mean, it's war, I guess you're because all Because the girls, the girls were they're close to home. They could go home weekends. And, yeah. Whereas before they had, they were away the full term, you know. They would have loved that. Yeah, but I mean, yes, for well, you, you would have been further so, away yes. from... Home. No, not not much because uh, your pern's about as far as from here to no here to Rocky, mm. and then Barcoola just don't know how far it is, but you used to have to go out over the range there and train. So yeah, so no, it was fun. Bit of an adventure. Yeah, <laughs> the um, the American Negroes were sent out there to Barcoola. Yeah, yes. And uh, when they first came here, they would walk on that side of the street because they couldn't walk on the same side as white people. But eventually, of course, they integrated because <laughs> yeah. we were we were in America. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it was it was fun, you know. And do you remember when peace was declared when the war was over? I was I was working then. Working at the electrician? In Camden. Yeah. 
and remember us all out dancing in the streets because they had um, air raid shelters in the middle of the street and things like that. I've still got photos there of it and all. So, so uh, yes, it was great. What was it like going through an air raid? Oh, we never had them. You never had them? No. No no practices or anything? No, no not that I know. Okay. I was never involved in any. No. Because we had lots of soldiers, yeah. Americans and Australians. <laughs> it was a wonderful time for girls back then. <laughs> I was just going to say, what was it, yeah, as a teenage girl with all of those soldiers around? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, we used to go dancing. Um, with them? No, we'd go to dances and you'd meet them and yeah. sometimes you'd go home with them, sometimes. But when that we'd go to the gate. That's that Go home it. to the gate. Yeah, I was like, Beryl, you're going to have to clarify for our listeners. <laughs> Were there any, ever any stories of any friends that or people that you knew that, um, I mean, maybe didn't leave it at the gate and then oh, got in a bad well, you situation? Would, you wouldn't know, but yes, no doubt it happened. No doubt. But, uh, I mean, you'd, you'd, it wasn't like today at all. You know, there were good and bad everywhere, both with the the um, men, the soldiers and the, the girls and all. So it just, uh, just happened. But the onus was on the girls, you yeah. know. If she said no, all that no was taken. Yeah. There's no... Uh, I mean, there probably were cases, but you didn't hear hear about anything like that. So I mean, I guess I less, meant less about um, non-consensual uh, sexual relations and more that maybe they were never, they were caught up in their in their passions and then never, maybe got pregnant. Never anything ever <laughs> that sort of thing never entered your your thoughts. You no. know, because no, it uh, no, it was a different different world. But we used to go. Um, dancing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes Thursday. <laughs> Not every... What? That's insane. <laughs> yeah, but, the... but it had, when the um, uh, during the week though, I think the last bus run at ten o'clock. Mm. Whereas on Saturday night, I think we went till midnight. But we'd walk home. Well, at that stage, I was living with a family, and. Um, Laura and I, we used to go home, sometimes on our own, sometimes not. But it was right up, up on the top of the hill in, in Rocky. And uh, one night, there was this young fellow who was a Greek boy. Oh, he's a beautiful dancer. <laughs> <laughs> and he always came to me for the, for the jazz. Anyway, he wanted to walk us home, so it was about the two of us. And Laura had lived there all her life, and up on the t- we had to go down the other side of the hill as well. But, uh, there was Laura telling him about this girl lived up on the hill, and she was mad. <laughs> anyway, he walked us down to the bottom. We left him there and went across to where we lived. <laughs> he never stopped running till he got over the hill. You could hear him on the street. <laughs> oh, stitched him anyway. Up. <laughs> He was a dancing teacher and he wanted me to go and was him to go teaching. I said, I couldn't dance. <laughs> I mean, even if I'd have been a, yes, I could dance, but I mean, I couldn't teach anybody. <laughs> even if I could, I wouldn't have been game. 
That's incredible. Dances that that frequent throughout throughout the week. Yes, but I mean there were all these soldiers there though, mm. and they had to have something. A form of entertainment. Yes, Couldn't but just I sit mean, at home with TV. We on. had dances here every week. Mm. You know, and uh, that's, that was what happened. No, and you're 94 barrels, so maybe we need to get more dancing happening again. Yeah. <laughs> must be and good for you. We everybody danced then. Yeah. Now most people can't dance, yeah. and what they do dance, they're not dancing. Mm. They're just talking to one another, <laughs> shifting their feet a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Yes. No. So tell me when you met Jack to be husband. Had you met um, grown up together or no? Um, Dad bought a cane farm up here at Alaley. And so, of course, I came up on holidays mm-hmm. and we went to dances. Rest's history. <laughs> he rests his history. So you met him at a dance. Exactly. I was already going out with someone. <laughs> was he? This is what we want to hear. Okay, so he was going out with someone. What's going to happen with this? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to send it to Jack's first girlfriend. Um, she's still alive. And, um, no, I don't know whether he had a girlfriend. Oh, but he was seeing someone? No. Oh, Oh, you were seeing someone. Oh, sorry, Beryl. Here I was thinking it was Jack. No, it was you. No, no. no. So you were seeing someone? A pom. A pom. (laughs) Jack had poms. (laughs) I don't know why. And so you met Jack and how did you decide for Jack over the pom? Great difficulty. Yeah. It was hard. You were know. you engaged to this other person no, or no? You no, were just seeing them? Not, yeah. for, not for want of trolling, though. Yeah. But, uh, no, so, uh, no it, was, it was a hard decision, really, because I'd been going out with him for ages. Yeah. And, uh, for years? Is that what, oh, ages no, or months? I mean, years, but for a long time. Yeah. We used to go out. He had some of his... See, they, they used to have assisted passengers then. I mm. think they could pay ten dollars and they'd come out to Australia. Yeah, ten pound poms. And um, the because um, a lot of his mates were there too. Was this Irish couple? <laughs> I could never understand them. They <laughs> <laughs> so, they were good days, really. Yeah, but yeah. had he stayed? What was his name? The pom pun. Ron Smith. Ron. Ron Smith. I feel like she's given me a fake name here. No. <laughs> Smith. Uh, Ron Smith, not John. <laughs> but will you tell us about the decision then? So you met, had the POM Ron stayed in Rocky and then your family no, had moved up well, here? He, he actually wanted to get in. He was an electrician. He wanted to get into share farming. Mm. So he went down south. I can't remember where it was now. But he still used to write letters to me. I've still got some letters there. You don't think he got into potato farming, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he wasn't Irish. But he uh, went through the Blitz and everything in London. Wow. So, uh, but, uh, you know, never, never said much about it. But I can't remember who was in Parliament at that stage. But he reckoned he was never going back to England while that lot were in. Mm. And I can't remember who mm. was in there. So... <clears throat> When he went share farming, were you still seeing each other then? When yeah, he moved well, south, he he was still, as I said, he was still writing. I, I did. He never ever came back again because yeah. in the meantime, I'd decided. He said, "I know what you're going to say." 
Was that a, a phone conversation? Oh, you'd be joking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> phones existed then, didn't they? Yeah, didn't phones, but I don't think it would have been common. Like, you would be able to, or no, could it, was it Telegram? <laughs> a little bit. No, I mean, we were still writing. Still writing to one another, <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. And, uh, no, no, we had no phones. No. I mean, I didn't think it was an iPhone. <laughs> That's what I was oh, yes. <laughs> but did you have an iPhone or no? No. But would you be able to go down to now, like a telephone exchange if or Jack something? If Jack wanted to ring me, which was unusual, he would have to go up to the store, you know, the, the post office up here where the shop was, and he'd have to let me know so that I could go to the post office there mm-hmm. and he could ring me through to the post office in Rocky. So was, then, so you'd met Jack and then after the difficult decision you decided... No, I think Jack's. Yeah, it, the... went on for, it went on for a while, quite a while. And a friend of mine was said, What am I going to be, do, Bill? He said, You've got to make up your mind. Yeah. That's the hardest part, though, making up your mind. Once you made the decision, well, this is easy. right. You know what I mean? Because he was a really nice fellow. And, uh, but I'd have had to get, leave home. I often wonder if this had something to do with it. Mm. I think he thought that, you know, because Jack lived here and mm. the family were here. And I suppose there was a possibility then of always going back to England. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so. But, I mean, there was a lot of that sort of thing that, that happened in um, in the wartime. Yeah. You know, people met and married and some went back, some just didn't, didn't happen. Some met and didn't marry and still still <laughs> left behind, whatever. Yeah. You know, all those sort of things. So. Well, then you made the decision and Jack would have been pretty pleased to hear it, I'm sure. <laughs> he nearly gave up at one stage, I believe. <laughs> and Uncle Ernie told him to stick in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, brothers are helpful sometimes. <laughs> So when you got married, did you go move over to to where he lived? Yeah, well, we lived. Like they, next... they had a little house up there, mm-hmm. paid seven to six a week board rent. <laughs> so we were there till uh, we moved up here in 58 and it was wet and we had no no petitions. Might have had one, that one across there, I think. Uh, there was no window up that no cover up there, and um, we had a terrific storm. And here I am, about eight months pregnant, holding up a sheet of fibro while Jack nailed it up to the oh end my to keep the rain. <laughs> to keep the rain. <laughs> uh, but you had to do, you know, you had to do things. Yeah. Well, with, when they had the cyclone before in 51, that was a terrific cyclone, that one. I was in Rocky. The, uh, <laughs> Jack said, the next day, you could stand up and look up at the hill up there. There wasn't a tree on You could see the kangaroos hopping around. So you were married in 57 then or 58? 51. Oh, you were married in 51 and then you moved up here 70 years this year. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Uh, and so when you married... Jack, that was when you gave up the surgery nursing? Oh, yes, yeah. yes. 
Yeah, we just came up here then, so. Just came up here and had seven kids. Not much to speak of, is there? <laughs> yeah, but we didn't have them in six months. Though. <laughs> That's as long as it takes for the first one. <laughs> didn't you know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> And that's what happened up here all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. And oh, premature, another Premi baby, the first one. <laughs> yes, well, if you weren't pregnant, you'd have a miscarriage. <laughs> so, with the seven kids, how what what was the breakdown? Boys and girls, two girls and five boys. Jeez. Jack would have been happy with that. <laughs> One sort of time he used to say, if it's only girls, there's no more wars for a certain mm. time. You know, yeah. cause the, although actually our family is the only one that's continued on, like Pop's family. Mm. We did our bit. When did Jack die, Beryl? Um, 1998. Did he have a heart attack or...? No, he had a stroke. Oh. That was back in 88. He had it and uh, he... Um, I mean, he was still okay, wasn't he? Yeah, like I remember coming to visit him as a kid. Yeah. Mm. People some say, oh, he had Alzheimer's or he said there was nothing wrong with his mind. Mm. He was slow mm. because it had slowed him down. But uh, he used to sing. But he, would, he wouldn't sing anymore. It had affected the, the nerves in his throat here. Yeah. So. yeah, he just, I suppose, I don't know why he actually died, but he was getting weaker, though. And Was he here right until the Well, end, like we took, took him into, into town on a Saturday or Sunday, and he died Monday, something like that, you know. Yeah. So. I'm sorry, Beryl. So that was that, and then... Lost Ellen, which was worse, really. Yeah. You know, because I mean, he'd, he'd had his life. Not that I often, you often think, I wish he was still here. And then he'd have been 100 now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was born in 1920. He was so was he was six years older than you? Hmm? He was six, oh, seven years older than yeah. you. Yeah. These things happen, so and I guess we were lucky to have that long. Yeah. But we're the only ones that didn't have our 50th wedding anniversary. <laughs> I feel like you can claim it, though. You know, I, I said I feel like you can claim it. You're not off with a, another Smith, so you claim it. So, Beryl, when you were married, so I guess from 51 to 98, that whole period, seven kids, when was your first trip overseas? Oh, well, I suppose the first... Nancy and I went to bit down to Tasmania just after Ellen died, I think it might have been, because she yeah. wasn't in very good shape. So I took her down there. So that so say two thousand five, and then next one New Zealand, I think is the next one we went to. The years they're too early for me to remember. It's so incredible though that you got to go and do these trips. Well, Jack would never have gone. No. He said he'd never leave Australia again. Yeah. You know, he'd, he'd had a, enough of it. And After seeing Egypt, Syria, wow. Yeah, it but he didn't see it like to... you or I would no. do. You know, so, it's, uh, no, he was quite happy just to stay here, go to the beach. <laughs> you know, went to Canada. And then um, I think it was in 2016, I went to South Africa. 
and then it's been seven. When you were 90. 90 years no, old. No, I wouldn't have been that old, would I? 2016, I think. So. Oh, sorry. No, you would have been 89. Yeah, sorry. Right. Yes, Hug on, Beryl. Joe, go and get that photo that's over there. Where? The one at the back behind our wedding photo. Oh, oh my gosh. Beryl, you were riding that's a, Dubai. a camel in Dubai. I am so impressed. We, we went out. We went, it was... Um, Dinner under the stars. Yeah. I could only find one star, though. <laughs> but they had a um, show they put on, you know, the hula dance dancing. sort of thing. And that. So anyway, a couple of the girls that were with with us, they, were, they, they just, you're on the thing and they just lead you around. This was at night time. And they said, oh, we're going to have a ride on the camel. And I said, I'm going too. I said, and Nancy, do I have, no, I don't want to ride a camel. Anyway, I got round there. He looked at me and he said, um, "How old are you?" And I said, "89." He... I said, "I can ride a horse." <laughs> <laughs> you can't argue with that, can you? Well, I mean, I'd never have the chance again. No. And so he just said, "Go for it." Yeah. Yes. And it looks like you're on the back camel. Like this one's obviously tied to the one in front. Yes, the camel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So let's say. Have yeah. them like that, yeah. mm. and when we were there, uh, we went out on the um, you know, through the dunes and everything, and they go up and down. There was four or five cars, and two of them went close together, it was a near thing. We went out and you know, on the safari to see the lions and all, and and uh, warthogs, <laughs> it was really good, you know, yeah. and uh, so yeah. Gosh, that's incredible. I can't, I mean, travel is amazing, but so tiring. And uh, 89, you're just like, nah, the only how about it? trouble is getting there, mm. you know. No, and they took us out at the same time they had this uh, falcon, I think it was, yeah. let, let it go, you know, and it come back and flew back and things like this. Yeah, it's, it's, you don't see it every day. I know, but yeah. it's, as you say, like the hard part's just getting there. Yes, yeah. that's right. Like I was thinking about going to Greece last year, but because the COVID thing came in. So, uh, and then um, next year we went to England, Scotland, Wales, did, did all of that. And do you travel with your with your children? No. Or no, this is by yourself. No, um, Coop's travelling too, is it? Marani or Marion mm. or this? And uh, I go with her, and I'm grandma. Her grandfather taught Jack all his schooling here. <laughs> Another Smith, Huey Smith, was a school teacher, but he taught that he was there the whole time. Jack school. The school teacher married Jean Hay, and Nola is their granddaughter. So as soon the first time I ever went with her, she's. She saw the name Carl. So she came up and told me all who she was and all. But just funny the way you meet people again. I know they keep crossing, keep crossing paths. Mm, that's right. Yes, yeah. yes. And so, did you go overseas with Nola? To... Well, she she runs the tour. Oh, right. Yes. And then the next year, we went to the, on the continent. You know, Germany, France, and Italy, and. We didn't go to Spain, Switzerland, and 
and just a, a bus tour. So this is all yeah. after your um, South African trip? Oh, yes, the yeah. South African one was early. So you just, yeah, yeah. And I'll, someone stole my passport. Where is that? Uh, Singapore, I think it was. Oh. I think it happened in um, London. They like I have a walker, mm. and they either leave you in it, and you can just drive straight out to the plane, mm. or you check it in, and they bring a wheelchair for you. And so I'm going through, and they check your passport, and for the loading ticket. And anyway, this fellow gave me the ticket, but hung on to my passport, and I said, what about it? Oh, he said, I'll be with you all the time, so I'll just hang on to it. That's the last I saw of it. So here I am stuck in Singapore, the plane's all loaded up, ready to go, and I'm still sitting there. What they do, they take you right away from everybody and leave you there. Everything was on the plane and all, they're ready to go. And Nala, she got off, and, and they had to unload our luggage and all. And there was another plane leaving about 10 o'clock that night. So we went on it to, straight back to Brisbane. The only way I got back was the fact that Nola takes photocopies out oh. of passports. And when they knew we were from Brisbane, they checked it all up and, and so. And I mean, I'm mad because there were all these stamps on it, you know. Mm, so true. Yes. Can't believe that. And he was obviously at the airport, like, Airport official. Yes. So don't ever let your passport out of your hands. Yeah. But that must be so frustrating, that feeling as well, where they just put you to the side. The whole, and I mean, it's not right. It isn't. No. So, but anyway, that's that's one of my... <laughs> You've got to have a great travel story. I mean, but most of us, you know, get them when, you know, go through it when, uh, yeah. God. Yes. No, it was just, you know, but anyway. But you obviously got the travel bug. Well and tr- you obviously got the travel bug well and truly then. Well, I don't know about that, but I just thought, well, I'll never get another chance to, you know, we, we could never do it. Yeah. And we, we never even had a holiday. We'd just go down to the beach for a week at Christmas. It's um, just occurring to me that, you know, Jack would have had, and I'm not saying that war is an adventure in any, you know, sense, I guess, but, no. you know, he went off and, and had these experiences, That's which right, were Jack. obviously devastating as well yes we'll see now they've got post-war depression and you name it (laughs) there was nothing back then yeah you know and the thing is that the the ones that had been New Guinea they were still having malaria and uh, because he he had a couple of sessions in hospital yeah does malaria sort of recur as well like Mm -hmm. once you've had it is it because it's a virus it's in your bloodstream yes but I mean, you know, he's gone off and had all these experiences and you're having your experiences in, with your career, you know, like the electricians and then the hospital. <laughs> but then, you know, I guess the time was also that once you were married, your priority was then the oh, family well, and your I husband. Mean, it only just started then that a married woman could work. Now, there's um, a, a mate of Jack's from the army marry this Shirley. She worked at the hospital. Shirley was one of the first though that was able to come and work again. A married woman who can work. Wow. It's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? What do you think of the way things have changed? I mean you've got obviously lots of granddaughters. And not for the better. Great Definitely not for the better. Well now 
okay, you, you're not married, you haven't got kids, but mum and dad are working. What do you pay for babysitting? What do you earn? How much profit are you making on it? Mm. It's not worth it to my way yeah. of thinking. And you miss out on all that baby. Yeah. It's, they're nothing, but they are. Yeah. They're just little special all things. memories. Yes. Yeah. Or the first walk, or the yeah. first smile, or, you know, you, you could see it still, but, yeah. but you miss out on so much. Yeah. And I just don't think that money's worth it, you know. Because the trouble is, you all want to start off where we're up to now. Mm. I'm not stating anybody, but I mean, that is, you, people today wouldn't live how we lived, mm. you know. But I think that that's the thing, yeah, people think that you just came into an established business or oh, something rather than building right. up and yes. working for, you know, and well, that weddings were, you would get gifts because it would be everyone helping you well, establish now, a home, you know, well, rather than like we all, you know, you've already got your home established. Now, usually when you're wedding married. presents. Yeah. I got a, we got a, a lamp, you know, the big stand-up lamp. Mm. I got a little, I've told you about this, butter knife, butter knife, uh, jam spoon and sugar spoon in a little case. That was a, a present. A pair of salad servers. Yeah. A rubbish bin. Can you imagine today? Yeah, no way. You'd be like, oh, you got me a rubbish bin? Thanks a lot. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? put 40 grand into this wedding. <laughs> and, and a freaking plastic bin? <laughs> and we didn't, they didn't have scrapers and things like that back then. Grandma gave me a bendy knife and a, a mixing spoon. And I'll see if I've got it. No, it's only here. The bendy knife, it was one been used so many times that it was just bent. Oh, yes. But one I had was cut across, and that's just from mixing. So, so that, that wasn't a wedding present, but I mean, that, no, that's the sort of things that we... We just go to Kmart now, Beryl. <laughs> we just go to Kmart now <laughs> $5 utensil, up oh, breaks, oh, well, by now, you know. <laughs> yeah. We just live in a disposable world, though, yeah. like we don't appreciate. And, and, I mean, we were handed on a bed, perhaps, and some sheets and things yeah. like that because we couldn't afford to. I bought that. That was my glory chest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that cost £60, and I was getting £5 a week. Wages, so that would have taken me twelve weeks to pay off with nothing yeah, left no over. Expenses, yeah. You could go and buy two of them now and still have something to. Yeah, that's right. You know, and they say about things. That's that's just one thing that I can can say mm. that if you look at it that way, yeah, the the wages that it cost. But we lose the. I know what you're saying too. Like it's almost that loss of valuing something because you've you don't you've, take, well, you've taken that time whereas now you can pay on after pay you can get it straight away right. and then be and then you can be paying it off but yeah. well i mean you used to be able to pay 
get label it. Mm. You pay a deposit, but they kept it till you yeah, paid it off. Yeah, that's right. That's how we, our dinner set. Mm. Jack was down there and we used to have Milroy's in Rocky and it was a lovely big shop. So we went in and we bought this dinner set for eight pound. Yeah. Can you imagine it? <laughs> and Jack paid the deposit and I paid the rest of it off, you know, out of my wages, yeah. yes. And, and that's... We we didn't believe in, in time payment. Yeah. You waited until you had the money to pay for it. Yeah. That's that's Jack and I. Yeah. He he would never Yes, we bought a tractor or something like that you had to, but, but anything we never even bought anything we couldn't pay for. Yeah. But even holidays, I mean, you know, we you weren't holiday holidays. yeah, you didn't have them and no. but did you feel ever that you were hard done by? No. No. I think that's the difference, like the mentality now. I mean yeah, did you people. ever worry about Oh, I wish I had this, or I no. wish life looked like that. No, no. Or what are we going to do this year, or where are we going to end up? No. Well, when you, like we used to grow all our own veggies and things like that. I think back those days we only had a thousand ton cane peak, mm. and uh, that was keeping eleven of us, <laughs> or eleven kids, you know. Wow. <laughs> and uh, so that's how it started off here. Mm. When we got married, they only had horse and plough. Mm. We all we had was the money from the crop. We didn't own the farm or anything. And then the power came in the sixties, and uh, I think it was about four thousand dollars we had to, to you know, pay off. So yeah, so that's how we existed. The two farms, two families, you know, were still there. So. We never, we've never ever had a wage, even to this day. When we were first married, we used to get a big order from Mitchell Moores in Mackay, mm. come out by train, and the farm paid for that. But we paid for our own, you know, insurance and things like that. And uh, so that's that's how we've lived the whole whole yeah. of our way through. Had a wage, crazy. I used to get some endowment. <laughs> what was it? Was it a pound? I think for the first child, I think it was that that was a month. <laughs> and five shillings, and for the next one, and or ten shillings might have been, and then five shillings for every other one. You know. <laughs> oh my god! And now I don't know whether they still get endowment. Do would you know? Um, no. I think people get like push presents, you know. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was another thing I used to have to do at the hospital. I used to go around visit all the new mothers and get the particulars for the birth certificate and, and for the uh, endowment and things like that. Well, they had the baby bonus, but I yeah, don't well, know that's if they what, that, was, that was. It's yeah. gone under different names. Yeah, but I think that the baby bonus was. Who knows? By the time Tony, Tony and Ian, Victor came around. It was a bit better, you know. Yeah. But uh, no, so that, but that's how we. And I mean, we lived. Yeah. We we were never never starved or or went without really anything. I did all my own sewing, yeah. made all the kids' clothes and all cooking Jack's shirts and made the girls' wedding dresses. And do you and, think that we just focus on potentially now the our, our focus is on other things of what makes a good life and so we're over there looking for good, it. Good time. 
So Dancing. Mm-hmm. Going to dances. Yes, but I mean, that was like your sport. Yeah. You know. Was it a big adjustment, Beryl, when after having seven kids, once they all left home and, and then... I after- never, ever left home. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, you've never had an empty nest then. <laughs> Would you like an empty nest ever? Yes, at times. Yeah. I mean, I'm not... I'm quite happy with my own company. Yeah. Well, to sort of start wrapping up, Beryl, yeah, what would you... No, no. Could hear all the stories all day. I hope you have cut half this off. Well, yeah, but it's nice to have the whole recording for yeah, everyone. My name doesn't go on, it does it. Beryl Connolly. <laughs> Born 3rd of March, 1927. <laughs> Could I have your tax file number as well? <laughs> Could I have your tax file number as no, well? well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, um, you know... 94 years of living, you know, it's funny too that people try and protect you because, That's you know, right. you've seen it all That's as well. Right, yes. You know, you've had to deal with I it. I mean, my mem- I won't swear that my memories, you know, I've forgotten a lot of things until something like this comes up and then you go back... Yeah, that's all of us, you know, and we just... Well, that's right. I haven't got Alzheimer's. It's just when something is said, it prompts your memory and you start thinking, probably rambling a bit. But that's to say, it's never... I never swear that it's gospel, but it's just how I remember things. Yeah, that's right. Now, I had a cousin who was um, teaching up in New Guinea when the war broke out and uh, the... Wives and children were sent back to Australia. <clears throat> but, and the Japs came and he was captured with others. And my story is that he, uh, I don't know, as I said, numbers or anything, but they escaped to another island and the Japs had taken it over in the process. And they were put on board a ship. and It was bombed by the Allies. You know, so that's my story. But uh, Rosalind's got a different one. Is that your sister? No, my sister's daughter. Her story is she's got two. One that they they were driven into the sea and and slaughtered. I forget. On the other one, where they put adrift or something rather. So this is the way stories go. And there's nobody now here. To verify. Can tell you. But isn't it so funny too that we get so hung up on our decisions, you know, what, oh, how to make, what do we do, how to decide, mm. and eventually uh, we'll forget how we even came to that decision or yeah. what even happened. Well, you, you know, do, people won't do what you've got to do at, the, yeah. at that particular moment, yeah. whether it's good or bad. Or but I, think or we just, I think that's because as humans we all think our own life is so important. And, I mean, I'm not saying that your life isn't important, no. but, you know, you, you can get, um, your but, life can get stalled well, if you well, don't. Well, you get keep... wrapped up in your own, own affairs and everything, yeah. you know, so, yeah, so. Yeah, and, and not even your own, but like, you know, your kids worrying about you and mm. trying to protect you, so then. Yes, that's right. I, I was over 70 before I had a plane trip. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is insane. And I could have, could have gone up into the cabin and spoken to the pilot if I'd said so earlier. Because oh. when Marissa went up to Townsville, um, Darwin, she was going up on her own and they didn't want her driving up on her own. She went up nursing. Mm. And um, she said, no, and I said, well, I'll go with her. So 
we went having a little fiesta, I think it was, or, or, and it was piled up. Every, and um, then I caught the, she stayed and I caught the plane home, had to fly to Brisbane and then home to Mackay. And uh, anyway, because I always wait for the last to get off the plane, the hostess came along. She said, or oh, something about what, or I said, oh, I don't know where I've got to go or anything. Oh, she said, come on, I'll look after you. I said, this is my first plane trip. He said, she said, why didn't you tell us before we'd have taken you up and you could have gone up and talked to the pilot? Because <laughs> that was the days before you, that you couldn't, yeah, you couldn't do, that do that now. Yes, yeah, so that was my first plane trip. And then I think I was over 80 before I went on my first overseas trip. So it's never too late for people to... Of course it's not. Well, when we went to South Africa, there's this man and his wife. He was coming up to 70. He said, oh, I thought I'd have to give, for you know, holidaying away. He said, because it'll be 70 soon. He said, but after seeing Beryl, he said, I'm not going to. <laughs> Nala, Nala always tells me I'm an inspiration. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> Gives me hope that, you know, maybe COVID will bloody stop flights until I'm 89, but at least I'll know I can do it. <laughs> I mean, it depends. There's a lot of people just simply couldn't. Yeah, and but even they couldn't, and, yeah. you know, there's a multitude of reasons yes. why people can't at well, any that's, age. Well, that's you know? right, yeah. And, okay, for people listening, Beryl, is there anything that you would say if people are struggling with deciding what to do with their life or worried that they're not doing it right? Oh, I just heard something other go for it <laughs> I love that something I watched on TV I don't know what it was but I mean yes I mean you can do anything if you want to mm. maybe not as well as the next bloke but I mean my sewing's in evidence of that <laughs> still excellent sewing like the same with my sweeping I can still do it but I knock up. <laughs> it, might, it might take me half an hour now, but once I can do it in two minutes. Yeah. So don't be, yeah, don't well, despair if you can't well, do it as Alan, well as... Ellen is the greatest example of that. Your daughter, Ellen. Yes. Yeah. She was in a wheelchair. Yeah. Young kid said to her, what do you do at home? And she said, well, what does your mother do? And he rattled it off. And she said, well, so do I, but it takes me a lot longer. <laughs> I always think she was an absolute example to anybody. She yeah. didn't let anything stop her. And I think, you know, you've got to. Yeah, just give things a it's go. It's no good lying down and dying just because you've got a sore toe. So, no, I, I just, uh, oh, we brought up tough, I suppose. But we weren't. We never thought that we were deprived or anything even. When we were kids, yeah. So we never had anything special at all. So no, just get stuck in, yeah. give it a go, well, and you'll soon find out whether you like it or not, or if you're any good. We at... had, yes, but again, now when you started work, mm. you started your work, and you expected to be still working when you were married mm. at that same job. That doesn't happen anymore. There's no loyalty. You don't want to see my resume then, Beryl. <laughs> I said you don't want to see my resume then. <laughs> no, but, no, but there's no, you know, because you work for that person, mm. well, 
you look after them yeah. as much as they look after you. That's right. You know, so that's just my idea of probably queer. <laughs> Not at all. I always reckon I'm queer. <laughs> I think we all have our quirks and that's what makes us all I'm quirky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll have a competition after this recording. It finishes. Uh, no, well, thank you so much, Beryl. That's all right. Take, take some of those silly things off. Though. Oh, there's nothing silly that you yes, said. Yes, there is. But um, maybe uh, we can go travelling to Greece together when COVID, <laughs> when the ban lifts. No, I think, I really think that it's, it's past that. It's past it? <laughs> no, I mean, I could still do it. If I could just go from there to there. Yeah, but it's no like, stopover. So well, maybe back to Dubai we go? <laughs> one stop, only one stop to Dubai. The last, no, not really. The last time I went, I went business class mm. just for, you know, a bit more comfort. Yeah. So, yeah so I've still got to get my licence yet. I'm Your not, driver's licence. Because mm, yeah. I rode my car off. I don't want to drive to town anymore. Not because I don't want to drive, but... Because it's too tiring. Yeah. And the Bruce Highway is dangerous as anything. Look, no, I can't. I won't go for that. You won't go for that? No. Well, when I'd go to town, I'd leave here in the morning, all the traffic was coming this way. When I was coming home in the afternoon, all the traffic was going that way. There'd be some traffic, but not the rows and lines of traffic. That's how I come to get my accident. I was looking for Benina, the sewing shop, oh. and um, and there's a left left hand turn there. Mm. You can't go straight ahead. I'd never ever seen one before. Oh. I still like I was, yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah. So I just kept on going. This car hit me. So, oh. but because I was looking for the shop, I I wasn't going a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> Gosh, that must have been terrifying though, getting the T bone like wasn't. that. No, no, I didn't even get a fright. <laughs> Just keep okay, going. I'm queer. You're not queer. <laughs> uh, so I, when everyone would have seen, when you got out of the car, were people, everyone worried and fussing, making a fuss? I feel no, like that you wouldn't the, like that. If the a, the fuss. ambulance, and I suppose, I don't know whether the fire brigade was there or not, because mm. I was in the middle of the street. Yeah. Then it had knocked me into the middle. Yeah. And, uh, but I got out of the car and walked into the ambulance. Yeah. And I broke the stern and couple of uh, ribs, but uh, Gee. I, uh, no, I was all right. So. Oh, well, you'll get your licence back and then you can go travelling. Well, <laughs> you do the full exam and everything orally. That costs uh, $780. And then you go do the driving test, which was... Eight hundred and forty it cost. So they're really just trying to not like to stop. Yeah, yeah. they put a stamp on here. So she's ninety. Anyway, I got it. What a life you've had, Beryl, and not over, not over at all. Still uh, more chapters to be written. I just look when I got that award. I can't see why. (laughs) The inspiring women in Isaac (laughs) Award. (laughs) You don't think yourself as inspiring? No. But what is inspiring then to you? Like, what would you have to do to be inspiring, do you oh, think? Oh, I don't know. I got the card from Joe, mm. and I got that. And Joe had said, Grandma, you inspire me. I only hope I'm like you when I'm your age. Mm. And those two things coming together, 
I started thinking, you know, about what I have done. Yeah, but then I think that's really beautiful that when you got the card from Joe, your granddaughter. It was. And, and you know, the, the award that you start to reflect just on. Just the same thing. And, you know, I, when I sort of think, I thought, well, I suppose I, I have done a bit. <laughs> yeah. But it just, just doesn't seem right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be the funny thing too, though, is that, you know, time moves on and you think, I mean, you're only as old as you feel. Do you sometimes feel like that? Like, could I possibly be 94? No. You, yeah. No? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All the aches and pains. But but even with them, no, I don't. And you still feel about 20 or 30 or something. Yeah. You don't get any older in yourself. Yeah. Yes. I mean, people, I suppose some lose their memories and things happen. Mm. But I've been very lucky. Yeah. You know, never have it. anything untoward happen to me other than belts on the head. <laughs> Just see this one? <laughs> but I'm still here. You are. Uh, I love that you laugh about it too, though. Yeah. <laughs> that you can laugh about it as well. <laughs> so good crying. <laughs> yeah, then, no, you're right. Well, thank you so much, Beryl. You're I really appreciate it. I just don't know what rot I've talked. Uh, you've not talked any rot at all and I think that people will just be so inspired word you hate but watch out Beryl I think you might might inspire a few people any chance of getting it yeah yeah absolutely I will edit it up and um not for publication till after my death (laughs) not I'm sorry Beryl we can't agree to that I think we'll be waiting too long. We're not going to be dying anytime soon. There's only one thing I hope the Queen doesn't die before me. <laughs> no, I don't want to see it. She's the, she's eleven months older than me, so if, if I'll have to get a certificate from Charles. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, she'll have to hold on. <laughs> no. Thank yeah. you so much, Beryl. Oh, that's Before we end this episode, my dear listeners, I thought you'd appreciate this little soundbite that I had to cut from the final edit. The Duke of Edinburgh, he's holding on. (laughs) Hopefully he makes 100 in June. He did not hold on. May you rest in peace, Prince P. As for Beryl, well, what did I tell you? She's something, isn't she? Thanks again, Beryl. I'll be back next week with another episode of How Do You Decide? Until then, make good choices.